Let's give it up for our band leading us in worship. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, we're continuing our series today called Villains. And uh, the story today is going to be about Samson and Delilah. Delilah. Two weeks in a row. We talked about Jezebel last week, Delilah this week. Fear not, ladies. Next week is Haman. Haman, I'm going to be fair. You know, sometimes there's women that'll mess you up. Sometimes there's men that'll mess you up. And so hopefully uh, we can be equal opportunists in the villain category. Um, and so when we think about this story today, I want you to begin thinking about Samson and his main villain was desire. And it's going to play in concert with Delilah's deception. And it's a powerful combination, uh, a toxic uh, beverage for you to combine these two worlds of your desire when it's out of control, outside of the boundaries that God has set, along with deception, seductive deception that could play a part in anyone's life. And so what I hope today is that as we walk through this story with Samson and Delilah, if there's any area in your life, maybe this morning, that you're dabbling with desire, that you might hear Samson's story as a warning, that you might wake up, that you might turn before it is too late. And so without further ado, let's get into this message. We've got a long ways to go this morning. It says in Judges chapter 13 that the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman, and this is we're going to find out Samson's mom. And it says that she was barren and she could not have children. But he said, you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful. Do not drink. Do not have strong drink. Do not eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor. I else hear that? Okay. <laughs> No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. So point number one, before we get to anything bad in Samson's life, is that you were born to be something. You were born to be something. Look at your neighbor and tell them with pride, you were born to be something. Look at it with passion. Tell them you were born to be something. You're born to be something. Man, so many people, I bet 50% or better of the people sitting in this room this morning do not believe that they were born to be something. That God has created you, he has gifted you, he has sculpted you, that he has conceived you in his mind in eternity past to create you, to breathe life into you, so that you could be brought into this world. And I want you to consider how many mountains God has moved in order for you to be here this morning. I mean, she was barren. It was impossible for her to have children, yet God made a way for Samson to enter into this earth. And so I want you to know that despite how you might feel at times or how others might have made you feel, that you were born to be something. Then we have to start asking ourselves, what are we building with the blueprint that God has put in our lives? What is the plan that we've hatched to realize the purpose that he has for our lives? Samson was born 
to be something. You were born to be something. And the only thing that can derail us is us. And so as we wrestle this morning, I hope that you might see yourself in the story. You'll probably see some areas that you have desire that's outside of God's control. Maybe, maybe you have some people in your life that are trying to deceive you into going down the wrong path or giving away the gift that God has given you. Man, it's not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth it. Everybody say not worth it. One, two, three, not worth it. Y'all just got there before. I, that, that's good. All right. I like second crowd. I just like y'all so much. And so without uh, further ado, now we're going to get to the get to the getting. Oh, I hate preaching the story of Samson. I do. Because as a pastor, we can pull up the highlight reels in our minds at any given moment of the times where we watched people walk down this same road and it's not ever without warning. The destruction is never like a surprise. It is proximity. It is persistent movement in proximity towards destruction. I hope that you realize today that desire out of control is always going to lead to destruction. If we had the time to read all of chapter 16, we would see that Samson had visited a prostitute. And so I'm just saying that he had an area of his life that was out of control. His parents had already warned him. It's like, hey, can we not have a nice Israelite girl? And he kept on wanting women that were outside of the boundaries that God had set forth. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Can I preach to all the men in here? Pick, pick a good one. Pick a good one. You want to have a happy life? You better pick a good one. Get you a nice Christian church going girl. And the church said, man, don't pick one that you think you're going to change. Ladies, all you trying to say, oh, I just want to save him. I just want to save him. No. Ten years from now, you're like, ah, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. Didn't save anything. Parents were right. Should have listened. All right. I'm not, hey, I'm just, I'm not even to the sermon. Okay. But I was just letting you know, I'm going to preach 10 sermons this morning. All right. So Judges chapter 16, sometime later, and I really feel like there should be quotes around the word love here. Um, sometimes later, sometimes later he fell in love and we could probably, probably put in there lust. Um, and guys have a hard time distinguishing between the two. If you guys don't know this, that love and lust to a man, oftentimes very similar. Um, they want something and then they go after it. Um, and so he fell in love with a woman named Delilah. Delilah. Has anybody ever known a Delilah? Raise your hand if you've ever known a Delilah. Hmm. Yeah. She lived in the Sorek Valley. The Philistine leaders went to her and said, persuade him to tell you where his great strength comes from so we can overpower him, tie him up and make him helpless. Each of us will then give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Apparently Delilah's love had a price. She was willing to sell out her soulmate for 1,100 pieces of silver. Oh, you better pick the right one because the wrong one is going to hurt you. Oh, 
gosh, I hope I'm preaching to some single person sitting in this room this morning on the verge of marrying a Delilah. Delilah. Verse six. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me. She's batting her eyes. Please tell me, where does your great strength come from? How could someone tie you up and make you helpless? Here is Samson dabbling with desire. If you want to know how to not face the certain defeat of dabbling with desire, number one, do not entertain the conversation. Do not entertain the conversation. Do not start the conversation. Do not look for the conversation. I will tell you that Facebook has an algorithm for exes. I mean, they just, she just popped up in my newsfeed and I just like, oh, you know what? I just want to see. I just want to see. Like, you know, just want to see how you, how she doing? How you doing? No, you don't need to see. No, you don't need to see in the church said. Amen. No, do not. I mean, now it's like there's so many ways, like Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, there's Snapchat, there's, there's Instagram, there's DM, you can text, you can, you know, there's probably five things that I don't even know exist of the enemy's ways for you to connect with the wrong people. And don't we like to dabble? Don't we like to dabble? Man, don't start the conversation. Here is something we're going to learn in Samson's life, that there's more going on then you know. Man, we read the Bible and, and we're so pious sometimes. We look at Samson's life and we kind of say, idiot, right? You're like, I mean, come on, because you have read the rest of the story. But we can trust that Samson did not realize that there was more going on than what he knew. Deals were being made in the dark. And while he was playing with sin, she was plotting for his life. I wonder if anyone sitting in this room this morning realizes that you're playing checkers while the enemy's playing chess. You're playing with this sin. You're dabbling with desire. And yet the enemy is plotting for your life. Don't entertain the conversation. She asked him the weirdest question that she could ask. She says, how can I make you helpless? How can I make you helpless? How can I take the gift that God has placed in you and make you weak? Why does she want to know his secret? Have you ever thought for all my naive people in here, I'm going to preach to you for just a moment. They're not asking you because they want to help you. They're asking you because they want to hurt you. Nolan, are you with me this morning? All right. Don't tell her all your secrets. Don't tell people all your secrets. Have you ever told someone a secret and then found out it wasn't a secret and the church said? They didn't want to know so they could help you. They wanted to use that information against you. How do you know the difference? How do you know the difference between deception and the truth? How can you see through the smoke screen? Boy, you better have God in your life. 
we're going to see that Samson started dabbling with desire. And dabbling with desire unchecked always leads to playing with fire. In the next several verses in the story, he begins to tell her in proximity various ways that she might be able to take his strength and make him helpless. The first thing he says is if you take bow strings, fresh bow strings, like, you know, like a bow and arrow and you tie me up, then I'll become like any other man. And so can you imagine? She's like tying him up and she gets through tying him up. And then she's like, the Philistines are upon you like surprise. And they were literally hiding in the closets. And he like stood up, he's like, like you know, he's kind of a dumb jock. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen those. He's, he's like, what? Pa! And he like just breaks these bowstrings off of him. And he's like, doesn't think anything about it. And she's like, oh, were you teasing me? Were you teasing with me? It wasn't bowstrings with it. Tell me what it is. Tell me, tell me what it is. Well, if you take ropes, if you take brand new ropes and you tie me up, then I'll become like any other man. We play this out again. He stands up, he breaks them off. And then the third time, oh gosh, whenever you start dabbling with desire, you start playing with fire, you just get closer and closer to the edge. And we say from outside, Samson, what are you doing? And he tells her, if you take and weave my hair with a loom, then I will become weak just like any other man. Can you see the progression? Can everyone see the progression? He starts off not even close to his secret, to his success, his strength. And then he moves closer and closer. And now he is dealing with his hair. And he's like, if you just, if you just braid it up, you just, you just weave it up, all of a sudden I'll become weak. Like any, and it happens again. She's like, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And he stands up. He like tears this whole machine out of, the, out of the wall. And he's like flexing. And he's still strong because he still has his hair. And we from the outside say, Samson, how many times do you need to see it before you believe it? <sighs> so I'll just ask you, how many times has it been for you? How many times are you going to keep entertaining those conversations? How many times are you going to make excuses for the people that keep on lying to you and hurting you? How many times has it been for you? If you were to step outside your life and look inside, would you say that people have already shown you what they are and now you just refuse to believe them? Man, once we start playing with that fire... Something about Samson, it's, it's almost like he wants to know that he's still got it, right? It's like, you know, maybe, you, you, maybe you're at Target and you're in the checkout line and you, you want to see if anybody's checking you out while you're checking out. You're like putting the vibe out there. You're just like, you know, getting a little leg out. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I just want to know if I still got it. Like, were they looking? Were they, it's almost, the guy at the gym have you guys seen the guy at the gym that has the tank top on that like only like the little strands have been ripped where they cover the, the, the nipple area? Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? And this guy is over there just obnoxious and he like, he like always like, yeah, and then drops the bar. I can't tell you how many times I've been scared at the gym. I'm like, oh, oh, 
Because little old me, I'm, I'm not doing that, right? And I'm like, I hate you. And I was like, ah! And every now and then, I swear to you, this is true. And the guys have been the gym. I do this. I walk over to them. This guy's all roided up, you know. And I'm like, sir, are you okay? And they always look. Yeah, what? I was like, I just didn't know if you needed any ibuprofen because, you know, you're swollen. <laughs> and then I just walk off. I never say anything else and I pray they don't kill me. That's, that's my joke at the gym, okay? Here is Samson. Three times he's told what his secret is and he's lied to her three times. But he knows He's playing with fire. Boy, you know, don't you? You know when you're playing with fire. You know it. That text leads to a conversation, leads to a lunch, leads to whatever, whatever. You start making excuses to be around them, to have in, in, endure them or uh, enjoy them, whatever. It's like, you know, it's just that. Oh, it's innocent. No, it's not. People say, well, I need to have closure. No, if you would have never opened it, you never had to close it. Close, oh my gosh. Dabbling with desire. She's after him. Look at what he says next, or what she says next. <laughs> Emotional manipulation. Not that any woman has ever used that. <sighs> oh. Look at it. This 15, just put it up there. How can you say, I love you, she told him. How can you say that? You don't love me. When your heart is not with me, this is the third time you have mocked me and not told me what makes your strength so great. And because she nagged him, and the men said, mistake. <laughs> because she nagged him day after day, day after day. Day after day. In the Hebrew, it's in the infinity form. That's not true, but we've lived it. Because she nagged him, let's all say it, day after day. Mm. And pleaded with him until she wore him out. Warmed out. I can't tell you how patient your enemy is. If they can just have an inch today, they'll take an inch tomorrow. They'll take an inch the next day until... You're dead until you're defeated. She wore him out and he told her the whole truth. He said, my hair has never been cut. I've been a Nazarite since I was born. And if my head is shaved, I'll lose all my strength and become like any other man. Samson could defeat everything else except himself, except his desire. Do you ever marvel at how crazy we are? I'm going to preach to all the men for just a little bit. I just want you, I, 
Think about it for just a moment. We have seen CEOs in our country that are worth billions of dollars. I want you to think they've worked their entire lives to construct this company. 80, 90 hour weeks, blood, sweat, and tears. And then they're willing to throw it all away because their desire gets out of control. We've seen athletes that from the time they were five years old, out there practicing, playing, saying no to so many other things, the discipline it takes to show up year after year, come back from injury after injury, and some of them have the privilege to take the talent that God put inside of their DNA and maximize it to its fullest potential. And now they've practiced thousands of times, played hundreds of games, and they make it all the way to the highest of the highest levels. With all that self-discipline, you would think that desire couldn't defeat them, but for one moment of pleasure outside of the bounds of what God created it for, they're willing to throw all that they've constructed. Whenever you allow deception and desire to combine, it will destroy everything that your strength constructed. Can we all just say it's not worth it? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. We need to stop, stop before it's too late. If you're dabbling in desire this morning, if you're playing with fire, getting closer and closer to being burned, eventually that relationship will wear you down to the point you give in. But I love you. I hope you're old enough and wise enough. It's not what they say, it's what they show. You could say I love you. I can't tell you how many people have told me they love me. I love you, Pastor Tim. Saying it and showing it, do you think those are two different things? Whenever someone loves you, they'll sacrifice for you. They'll celebrate wins. They'll prefer your needs ahead of their own. But whenever it's in word only, it's amazing how false love will always make you choose between their love and God's best for your life. Samson, do you love me? Then give up what God gave you. I'm gonna tell you, that's false. You better look at what they show you and not what they say to you. Any of us on the outside say, Samson, three times. Three times, the fool's are upon you. Look at the next. This is our, ah. verse 18. When Delilah realized that he had told her the whole truth, she sent this message to the Philistine leaders. Come one more time, for he has told me the whole truth. The Philistine leaders came to her and they brought the money with them. Then she let him fall asleep on her lap. You just 
Go right to bed, old Samson. Old Sammy. Yeah, it's okay. I love you. It breaks my heart. She shaved off the seven braids on his head. And this way, she made him helpless. Isn't that where we started? How can I make you helpless? Oh, it took her a while, but she got there. She got there. And his strength left him. Verse 20, then she cried, Samson, the Philistines are here. When he awoke from his sleep, he said, I will escape as I did before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Leave this verse on the screen. Now we're going to have to take a deep dive as we wrap this message, come to a conclusion. Deep dive here. We have to deduce and infer from this passage a very powerful truth. Very powerful truth. He had the false belief that he could save himself. That he could continue to double down on dumb and he could jump off the cliff and then pray, God, don't let me hit the ground. It's a false belief that you believe that you can keep on walking up to the edge of the cliff and that you'll never trip, that you'll never slip. Here is Samson, he's dancing with the devil and now desire and deception has led him to be defeated. Here was the guy that was unstoppable and now she's stopped the unstoppable, she's beat the unbeatable, she's sunk the unsinkable and now he's lost everything but he doesn't know it. Now here's the crazy inference that we have to deduce from this passage. Look at this. He says, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. What does that mean? That means that he felt the same. He felt the same. He didn't feel any difference. That the Lord was with him before and the Lord was not with him now, but he felt the same. That means that his strength to him and his body felt the same. But the reality was different. And I wonder to myself, my gosh, wouldn't it be terrible if people sat in church every week and it's been so long since the Lord was really with them that the Spirit of God was leading them and guiding them that they could come to church every single solitary week and it feels the same. But one day they will get up in a moment where they need God the most and guess what? They are empty inside and they don't even know the difference between God is with them and God is not with them. My gosh, we need to wake up before it's too late. Am I right, church? Am I right? Do you know the difference? Do you know the difference? Is he with you this morning? How's, when's the last time that you saw God move in your life that you could guarantee that his spirit is guiding and directing you? Man, I don't want you to get up one day when you need it the most in the moment of your greatest need and you don't even know that God is with you. Man, do you want physical strength? Or do you want spiritual strength? Don't compromise the connection for anyone. 
they're not worth it. All the single people in here, if someone only wants you for what your body can give them, or what your money can buy them, they're not worth it. Don't compromise the gift that God put inside you, what you were born to be, for some temporary satisfaction of a desire. Man, when God is in you, you'll be able to see through the smoke screen. You'll be able to know and discern when there's deception that is trying to take you out. John 15 said, if you will abide in me, then I will abide in you. And you will produce a bountiful harvest. But he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I hope you understand that today. The Samson from the outside looked like he had it all together, but he was only one step away from disaster. That you could be the strongest man on the earth and let desire get out of control and it'll burn everything to the ground. Man, I hope today you would check that spiritual connection. That you would pray, God, fill me with your spirit anew. Restore a right spirit in me. Make me white as snow. God, I want to come back to you if I've been far away. I don't want to go down the path of desire. I don't want to give in to deception. Man, I promise you, you are only a prayer away. Let's pray. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you make your truth self-evident today. That you would take the story of Samson and that you would call us all to consider our desire if it is burning out of control, if it is tempting us to reach beyond the limitations and the restrictions that you have put into place for our health and for our benefit, that God, we would rebuke that selfish, lustful desire today and that we would cling to truth, that we would quit making excuses for why we're dabbling in these places in these conversations with people that have already shown us who they are that they don't have our best interest in mind God I pray that we would distance ourselves delete the number delete the account whatever you got to do but quit entertaining the conversation Lord we ask these things in your name church would you rise with us as we worship in spirit and in truth, that we would worship the God that allows us to be connected. There's a sling in my voice.